Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. talking, Wally, telling everybody you're a better driver than Bob here. Another thing, I don't like your familiar attitude toward Miss Sanford. She can take care of herself all right. If I get out of line, she'll tell me. Yeah, you're out of line, and I'm telling you. I haven't heard a word you've said. Well, maybe you'll hear this. Paste that in your scrapbook. What a right hand that guy's got. I'm checking out. What goes on, Wally? Well, to put it very clearly, I punched Mr. Griffin on the jaw. So I'm fired. I'm designing a new car. When it's ready, will you race it for me? Anytime, anywhere. I'm going to drive in the main event against your car. Wally. Well, that's good news. Don't you try to crowd me, Griffin. You try any of your funny stuff and I'll run you off the track. It'll be your last race. Now, Wally, look out! He's going to drive Griffin off the track! No, he ain't. Griffin's trying to squeeze him. a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination, 
It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Hey, this is Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cars, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk, 1340.com. You can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. Good evening, Bobby. Hey, how you doing? That's NostalgicRadioandCars.com, right? Com. Yes, yeah, that's yes, that's, that's where all the radio stuff is. That's where all the GulfstreamMotorsports.com is where all the appraisal stuff is. Yeah, yeah. Nicely yeah. categorized into their own big, beautiful websites. <coughs> and one being, you'll know you're on Gulfstream because it's blue, and you know you're on Nostalgic because it's green. That's exactly right. Well, you know what? We've got a lot of shows coming up here. We have the Vintage Florida Truck Show coming up this weekend in Leesburg, Florida, at the Paquette's um, Tractor Museum. That should be a lot of fun. So that's a three-day event, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've got the Boca Concourse coming up. That's coming up at the end of the month. That's also a multi-day event. You've got the St. Pete Grand Prix coming up, right? Bobby, that's come up. They do, yes. That's coming up here shortly. And then, of course, the event of events is the Amelia Island Concourse coming up in the first week in March. So that, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, sports car fans, is the topic of tonight's show. And we'll give the NASCAR people, we'll give them their little clip for today. Watching NASCAR and drinking beer. Yeah, And that's buddy. all we'll say about that. <laughs> that's all we're going to say about that. Our old buddy Bubba. Is that this weekend? I've, I've been told. Oh, okay. Well, at any rate, um, so what did we do this weekend? Actually, this weekend they had a a pretty good show up at uh, Leadfoot Cities. That's right, Leadfoot City, right? Uh, (coughs) uh, It was for the Love of Shelby's, and it was put on by the uh, Carol Shelby Foundation, which is uh, to help children that uh, need um, heart transplants and things of that nature. And uh, so there was a lot of Shelby's there. There was a lot of people there. And interestingly enough, there was – we didn't have ours, but there was four – Five real Shelby's there. It was a 66 Hertz car, 66 carryover. Gentleman rolled in. One owner, an original owner, 67 Shelby. Very, very low-numbered car. It was uh, Highland Green. He had bought the car new in Canada back when he was a spring chicken. And uh, it had an automatic in it. And I said, geez, an automatic. He goes, yeah, I'd have got a four-speed, but my wife couldn't drive a stick back in the day. But nonetheless, he still had that car. And he also had a 66, but he didn't have that with him. He brought the 67 out, which is kind of cool. Drove it all the way from, from Orlando. Orange or, County. Yeah, from Orange Yeah, Orange County plates on it. And then uh, our good friend um, Jake, uh, Rick Smith was there with, from, uh, from uh, National, National Parts Park Depot, Depot, right? He had a 67 Shelby there, or 68, excuse me. And then there was a blue 68 Shelby there as well, another GT500. So Rick's car, I think, was a KR automatic, and the other one was a uh, GT500. So at any rate, uh, but it was really cool. It was kind of uh, fun to kind of network with everybody. And then, uh, but I'll tell you what, you know, when you go to these car shows, uh, you know, there's a lot, there was a lot of late model Shelby's there, okay? A lot of late model cars. There was some really nice trucks. There was a guy there that had a tough, really tough 79 uh, crew cab Ford F250, or maybe it was a 350. 350. Yeah, it was a 350 crew cab uh, with a 460 in it, four-wheel drive, sitting up on a set of... uh, 
Uh, I guess it looked like 33 10s, 33 15, 30, 30, 33, 33s. I'll say that. Um, and uh, so that was uh, that was a really really nice looking truck. He also had a Ford GT there, a uh, Heritage Edition. And um, but the car that caught my attention was this guy. I was just and again, you just you know you never ever ever judge a book by its cover. Okay. So but this guy had this car there. There was two cars there. There was a '34 Ford there that was kind of flat flat painted. It was kind of nice, very clean looking, very tastefully done, very nice. But the car that caught my attention was this 2829 Model T with a 32 Ford grill on it that was basically chopped. And he had a, I believe a 289 in it. It could have been a 302. No, no, it was a Stoker 302 um, and uh, with a blower on it and eight Strombergs. Very interesting setup. And he actually had a setup with a five-speed in it and a set of original spindle-mounted um, magnesium wheels on the front, no brakes, obviously, and on a straight axle with some really long wishbones, front and rears, and a set of magnesium uh, five-spoke like American racing wheels on the rear. Just a very, very cool-looking, old-school hot rod done in a very, very period tradition. It was edgy. It was scratched up. Um, some stuff had been done to it you know, 25, 30 years ago, long before this gentleman owned the car. I'm going to actually have him on the show just because he's just kind of an interesting guy. And he's in the cars, and he finds a lot of weird stuff. He's up in the Pasco County area. But the car was pretty impressive. And, you know, so that's you – know, when you go to a car show, you know, I like looking at cars that are different. I mean, the, you know, when you go to a car show and it's all the same cars, that's cool. And I get that. And all the cars are nice, and all the cars are maintained, and all the cars are restored, or they're all original-looking. But the cars that stand out, in my opinion, what, what appeals to me – of the cars that are somewhat different, where somebody's got in there and tweaked it. He had a couple, a number of weird little oddball things. He had some unusual lights, headlights on the car with with uh, with little top marker lights on them that could be uh, rewired to work as as turn signals, which was kind of cool. Just a very very unique car, just a period correct old school hot rod, and. Uh, so I was truly impressed with that car. I mean, I think out of all the cars that were there, I told him, I said, you know, if, you, if, if, if I was handing out an award, okay, your car would get one of those awards. Bobby, weren't you impressed with that car? I was very impressed. Car? And, I, and we, <coughs> could, we could say hello to him from here because he can hear us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Craig, if you're listening, you know, uh, hey, big shout out to you because you had really one of the coolest cars. And he wasn't parked out front. It wasn't like he was trying to show the car off. It was sitting in the no, back there. No, it was there. tucked away. You had to go looking for it. I had to go looking for <laughs> but, it, yeah. But once you did, it was just like... Oh, rays of sunshine. Uh, well, yeah, like parting of the seas. Parting of the seas. That's yeah, what I was really. It was. It was just really a cool piece. Then the Ford truck was the other one. Like I said, and yeah. then there was another F two. No, that was an F one hundred sitting up. It was jacked right. up. Uh, long bed seventy nine Ford truck. And I got to tell you, you know, I mean, you know, okay, a lot of guys are out there into the you know Chevy trucks. But, you know, the Ford trucks, the 73 to 79, those are really, really nice-looking well, trucks, particularly and, 78, 79. And after the after the new Bronco came out, for some reason, that whole body style got, got real popular. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with the Broncos. I mean, yeah. I was watching Bring a Trailer, and on Bring a Trailer, a 79 Ford Bronco, pretty much like well, we actually have one, too, that we bought new back in 79. I still have mine. Mine's a triple black truck, and it came from... Uh, um, they dealer traded it out of a dealer out of Atlanta. No, no, Alabama. That's where mine came from. So it's uh, it's a Dixie truck. Um, but at any rate, uh, so 
what's ours got a little over 100,000 miles on it, something like that. And we switched out the 351 400M. It's got a 400 or it's 460 in it. I think it's a 460. Yeah, I think it is. Something like that. Anyway, but and then what I did is I went ahead and modified mine. So I don't have, I took uh, Ford 429 police interceptor exhaust manifolds on there. So I took the, instead of using the factory ones, and then I modified my frame, which I notched it, but it's okay because it's in an area that's not real. Um, I don't think it would pose any structural problems. But we need to get that thing on the road too. But there was one on Bring a Trailer that brought 90 grand. I almost fell out of my chair, 90,000. Of course, these 78, 79 Broncos are bringing crazy money. They're bringing as much, if not more, than the 66 to 77 trucks and uh, Broncos. And of course, they're real popular now, more so than ever because of the new Bronco that's out. So Broncos rule, you know? And uh, and so so even the ninety the eighties to eighty six trucks the eighty seven to ninety two trucks the ninety two to uh, ninety seven or ninety one yeah eighty eight to ninety one ninety two to ninety seven so the Broncos you know they're kind of cool and of course they brought the truck back now they have a special we have for our, our own backyard here the Everglades edition. Right, Everglades, Raptor, uh, you got a whole bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm pretty impressed with that, you know. So, and then, um, and obviously, you know, the other extreme is they got the 4GT, which I hear, I don't know how true this is, that, they, uh, that they're going to stop producing that thing. So, that is a true supercar. It really is. I mean, that Ford really, really, really did their homework on that. And that is just a, a stunning Stunning car. I have a couple friends that actually own those. And, uh, in fact, one of my friends is going to have, he's probably listening. Hey, they're hi, they're there, Dick. Um, he's going to probably have his at the uh, Boca Concourse in a couple weeks. So, but at any rate, um, maybe what we should do, Bobby, is fire up that little stereo and play a little 50s. Boogie song here? Yeah, let's play a little boogie jazz, you know, because our guest is going to like, we're actually going to have our guest on here very shortly, so... Um, you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Here's a little. Uh, is this Boogie Stops Shuffle? Boogie Stops. Charles Stuff. Mingus. Charles Mingus. This kind of cool stuff. You know, it's kind of like, you know, get back into the kind of swing music and stuff like that. But anyway, hey, you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. Thank you. 
This is McKeel Haggerty, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So get out there and keep driving all those cool cars. Yeah, get out there and drive those cool, 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 cool cars. Well, you know what? The uh, Speaking of the uh, Amelia Island, uh, they did a Zoom uh, meeting. Is that what that's called, Bobby? A Zoom meeting thing today? Something like that? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. And uh, it was kind of interesting because uh, it was done through McKeel Haggerty. Well, it looks like we got our guest on the line here for the evening. So uh, hang around here for a second, ladies and gentlemen, and we will uh, bring our guest on the line. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to welcome back to our show our very, very good friend, the founder of the greatest show on earth, greatest car show on earth. The founder of the Amelia Island Concourse, my good friend, Bill Warner. Bill, how you doing tonight? Fine, Robert. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I was just getting ready to mention that today they did a, uh, a live Zoom meeting online with McKeel Haggerty. I think uh, Matt was on there and uh, Chip Canassi. And uh, that was kind of interesting because I was able to partake. And I actually asked the question that they forwarded on and, uh, and, and, and Chip uh, answered it. So it was pretty cool. So that was kind of fun. I've never done – actually, that's my second Zoom meeting. But at any rate, so uh, how you been? Well, I'm adjusting to a new life. You're adjusting. So here we are. We're coming up on the 27th Amelia Island Concourse. Yep. And uh, what is your role now with the Amelia Island Concourse now that Haggerty's taken, um, uh, taken over for you? Uh, very little. My title is Chairman uh, Emeritus, and uh, I'm kind of like um, uh, retired. <laughs> kind of like retired. So what's that like? Well, I'm working on my garage, getting it cleaned up. Okay. Um, moving stuff around, uh, uh, throw your stuff out. Um, it's, it's pretty good. I've been wanting to do this for a while. <laughs> Wait a minute. When you say throw stuff out, you're not throwing out any good old cool car parts by any chance are you after 60 or 70 years you start collecting stuff you don't need oh no 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 you need to call me i'm the junk man i need to come up there and and rescue that stuff and and save it we can't have that stuff going there might be something in there i might need you know or somebody needs you know it's a sickness it's a disease it really is it's bad well i'm organizing it i got plenty of room okay so how's your hot rod doing? I know this, that was one of your acquisitions you had uh, you got last year because it was on display. That was a, I believe it was a 32 yeah. Ford, wasn't it? Yeah, I had the 32 Ford High Boy that was built in Oregon in 1950. It's uh, got a flathead Mercury, uh, dog dish hubcaps, trim ring. It's, it's a very period car. And uh, I'll have it out on the field on Sunday. Okay. Is it, what class is it going to be in? Um. They're doing an anniversary of the 32 Ford. Uh-huh. Ken Gross is putting together a hot rod class. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just talking about that earlier because I just ran into this guy at this uh, car show they had up here at Leadfoot Cities over in Brooksville, and the guy had a 28, eh, I'm going to say a Model A, but he had a modified, and obviously everybody throws a 32 grill on it because the 32 is kind of like the quintessential hot rod, you know. And uh, But it was very, very tastefully done. And I, I'm kind of thinking that, you know, I've always had muscle cars and sports cars. I've never had an old-school hot rod, so it might be in my future, too. Well, you don't want to put more than about 30 minutes in one for death. Oh, yeah, because of the way they drive? 
Yeah, you know, it drives like 32 Ford. Uh, this one drives pretty nice. You know, you got drum brakes, juice brakes, and, uh, um, uh, you know, a buckboardish kind of ride, but they, they really look cool. You should roll a package of luckies up in your sleeve. <laughs> get a ducktail hair, and you'll look just right. Look just right, yeah. So what about those other classic cars you got sitting around? Are you going to spend a little bit more time with those guys, too? Yeah. I bought a... Uh, uh, well, I've had the 57 Eldorado for years and the 58 Eldorado Brome. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, let's see. I've got a... Don't you have a... a Cur- no, Curtis? No, what is it? It's something... I had a Munch, but... Munch, that was it, yeah. Corvette C8. Fabulous. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's... Uh, Chevrolet did such a great job on that. Have you driven one yet? No, no, no. Oh man, it's it's like a uh, it it feels much smaller than it is, and the, uh, it 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 has all the features that cars three times as much cost. Probably more features that cars three times as much cost. So it's it's really pretty cool. What color did you get? Uh, shadow gray. Uh, I got the uh, uh, the option where you tone down everything, but you know the slash on the side. All the grills are painted body color, so it looks kind of amorphous, kind of thing. So oh, okay. It's, uh, it was a uh, it was a second one delivered. Uh, I've had it two years now. Oh, really? Could you get those with this manual transmission, or are they automatic only? No, no, they're all that uh, paddle shift. Um, I think it's a uh, Tremec. Oh, really? Uh, dual. Um, All right, so let's talk a little bit about Amelia. What's what's some of the things that um, that's going to go on this year that uh, that you know you want our listeners to know about? You know, because obviously we talk about Amelia quite a bit during throughout the year, actually, because it's it's probably the premier before event. But the, pardon me. Before the trains took place, we already had some things in place. Right. They're going to do a, a class of eagles. Eagles. No. Mm-hmm. Gurney Eagles. Gurney Eagles, really? Yeah. And uh, they're doing a, a hundred years of Lincoln. A hundred years of Lincoln. That's right. Exactly right. 1921. So not 21, 22. Yeah. 22 is when Ford got them. 21 is when they were built, when they started, right? Is that the way it worked? Well, it, it was a big... Actually, it was 1920. They, they Lincoln built aircraft engines for it, built cars. Leland did. Leland, right. Ford. 22, so there was a big argument of whether they celebrated their 100th anniversary in 20 or 22, or obviously they didn't celebrate it in 20, so uh, 22 is a number. Well, was there a connection between Leland and Cadillac at one point? Yeah, Leland started Cadillac. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so then, but Cadillac was, was it Ross Durant? That was his baby? I wasn't Ross Durant. Who am I thinking of? Uh, Billy Durant. Billy Durant, yeah, that's it. He's the one that put together General Motors. Right, exactly. Okay, yeah, right. Started with Oldsmobile, then Buick, then Cadillac, then Chevrolet. He bought Chevrolet with a little car company, and he bought it from, uh, I think, Louis and Gaston Chevrolet. In 1912... 
All right, so we got the 100 years of Lincoln. We got uh, 32 Fords. We've got uh, Canassi's bringing some of his race cars, right? I understand that he is. I really haven't seen the list. Really? Uh-huh. Are you going to be doing any announcing this year? Nope. So you're not going to get up there like you always do and rattle off all the names of all the judges? We always used to joke about that, thinking that if those guys would just kind of move around a little bit, if that would screw you up, if you got it mesmerized, or if you just well, kind of like... Spencer tried to do that to me, but I didn't really memorize it. You know, I'd go into some sort of a state of a trance. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, people ask you, how do you do that? And I answer, I really don't know. But uh, there's been a lot of changes in the judges. A lot of them I don't know, so I really, I really don't... Uh, in the past, they were people I knew mm-hmm. and made it a lot easier. But, uh, yeah, I think my record is 123 judges. That's quite a bit. So, basically, this year, you're actually going to thoroughly enjoy your creation. I hope so. That's yeah. That's the game. That's the game plan. Is there going to be a special Bill Warner Award? Well, there's going to be a Founders Award. Founders Award, Okay. Is that new for this year? Yeah. Okay. And what, uh, what's the criteria for that? Well, they haven't told me yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll wait till the last minute. Then, okay. But I, I like, you know, not something they say here, give a trophy, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, I've been discussing that with them right now. Okay. And, so. Bill, is there anything, if you, when you look back in retrospect, you know, it's been 26 years that you were at the helm, basically. And yeah. nobody, and I've, and I've told you this personally many times, because of your experience, it's like that. It's, it's, you cannot take away, like my mom used to say, I can take away every, all your worldly possessions, but I can't take away your experience, your knowledge, who you know and what you know. And so that you embody... Amelia Island. You built that. I mean, you were the guy that was there back in the day, around the races, around the cars, around the drivers, were a driver yourself, took the pictures. You ate, slept, and drank, and and bled cars and the whole nine yards. So nobody, I don't think anybody really, outside of your, with your background, really could have put together a, a show truly as spectacular as, as as Amelia, from a car standpoint, I mean, it is like it's Pebble Beach on steroids because of the cars and the people and the whole, the whole, uh, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole package. I, I'm kind of lost for words here a little bit, but I mean, it's, and, and I don't, and nobody could replicate that. Nobody. You're very kind. Uh, there's a point in life, you know, I'll be 79 in May, which is, uh, I never thought I'd make it this far, to be honest with you. And uh, there's a time when the culture changes, and uh, there's a new thinking, and there's younger people, and uh, you've just got to turn it loose and say, I had my time in the, in the bucket. It's time for someone else to uh, put their stamp on it. You wrote a book, um, and it's called The Other Side of the Fence. Am I correct on that? Yeah, that's correct. And that's about photography and, and, and racing. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do a book about Amelia and 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 the, and the evolution of it and and the concourse? Are you do you have you ever thought about writing a book, you know, in in, in those terms? Yeah, I don't think anybody buy it. Uh, 
I think what I'd like to do is a book about some of the funny experiences, like the uh, the flashing penthouse girl at Sebring, or uh, <laughs> flashing penthouse girl at Sebring. I didn't. I missed oh, that. Oh no, that was a funny one. You know how Sebring is, Robert. You've yeah, been there. yeah, I've been there. Yeah, talking about out by the flagpole. <laughs> Uh, no, it was ending at 10 o'clock at night, and the penthouse pet of the girl was uh, pet of the year to give the trophy, and they asked me to take her down there to Victory Lane, pitch black, and she was, she was wearing a green jumpsuit unbuttoned to her navel with a gold chain holding it together, and as we get up to the gate, uh, the, the gatekeeper says, pardon me, miss, can I see your pass? And she pulled ha! her lapels apart and said, well, this do. <laughs> 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 I, I, I've got a ton of stories like that. They're just, just plain a uh, funny, uh, a little photo of life. And uh, I've been thinking about putting that together. Well, why don't you share some of those stories? We got a few minutes here. We could listen. This would be kind of fun. Yeah, we just do something different. You're the guest. Uh, you're the you're you're it's you have the floor, sir. Well, well let me think. Here's some uh, some others. Um, you know, uh, I always wanted to be a designer. Yeah. And I used to draw cars. I used to send them to General Motors when I was 10, 12, 14 years old. And one year, uh, a few years back, I was with Fritz Mayhew, who was the chief. He was like the number two guy at Ford, working on the new second-generation Thunderbird. So I sent him a sketch of uh, what I thought the new second-generation Thunderbird should look like, the two-seater. And uh, he wrote back a very nice letter that said... Uh, don't give up your day jobs. <laughs> Put a pin in my envelope or in my b- balloon. And, um, you know, I've, I've made uh, uh, longtime friends with a lot of guys in Detroit. And it's, uh, it's been very, uh, uh, it's been a very nice situation to be able to pick up the phone and talk to Ed Welburn or, or Mike Simcoe or Wayne Cherry at General Motors or, or, um, uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, the, the folks at Ford was Jay Mays or or, or uh, Ralph Gilles at Chrysler. You know, I, I really uh, admire those guys who are creative, and they've got so much riding on their shoulders corporately, and they 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 have a lot of confidence in their designs, and they they put out some beautiful beautiful work. I mean, they're artists. And uh, then my the race drivers are my heroes. I mean, they. They put it on the line every every weekend. And back when uh, Brian Redmond was driving, they were doing it for the love of the sport. They weren't doing it for money. Redmond said he was paying he was paid a thousand dollars a race. Oh back, my! You know, in seventeens and the Ferrari three twelve P. And you think about the fact that that was a very very dangerous sport at that at that time. It's much more dangerous than it is now. And then they were doing it for a thousand dollars a race. They weren't doing it for the money. That's for sure. I met the gentleman that owned the uh, aluminum Allen Mann uh, GT40 that was on your show field last year. Uh, yeah. Rex Myers, I think is his name, okay? And we were talking about Allen Mann, then we were talking about uh, somebody else had built some GT40s. There was a couple other guys, obviously John Wire. And, Holman, Holman built some. Yep. Shelby built some. Right. And, you know, he was, and I, I was looking at the car and I said, there's no roll bar in here. He says, no, there's no roll bar in the, in the original GT40s, didn't have roll bar. You, back then, you've got to understand, Robert, that the mindset was is these race car drivers were like they wanted, they were like superstars. Okay, they didn't care. They got in that car behind that wheel at all costs, knowing that basically when that car crashed, 
That was it. It might have been all over for him. And, well, you know, there's some great drivers who were killed in those cars. Walt Hanskin yep. won at, at the Le Mans practice. Um, there was a Dave McLean, I think was his name, got killed in one at Sebring. Sebring, right. And the, the fuel cascaded over, added on the hot rotors. Um, I, I used to have a Brabham BT-8, and when I, when I, when I raced it years ago, he used to lay down between two 11-gallon tanks of gasoline. And one day, David Hobbs was over. He looked at it and said, I can't believe we used to do that. You know, you literally put your body down in the gas tank. It, it, it surrounded you. And there was no fuel cells. They weren't rubber lined. They were just aluminum tanks. And I began thinking afterwards, that was a pretty stupid thing to do, you know. <laughs> it, 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 uh, and they ran the coolant through the frame rails on those cars because it was a lighter weight. Uh, that's what they were looking for. Instead of running... Running coolant tubes the length of the car, they just sealed off the chassis tubes and ran the coolant through them. So they were they were almost criminal cars. It's mind boggling. And then was it last year you had the shadows there? Yeah. And there's and I was looking at the one that basically where the steering wheel just kind of like came out like a Model T. And I thought to myself, yeah. you got to be kidding me! Who would strap themselves in this car? Yeah, that was called a skateboard. Yeah. And. It was very, very small. The whole thing was to get the frontal area down, and the thing wasn't, I think, more than about uh, 15, 18 inches tall. Uh, huge Chevy engine. It was like a go-kart with a Chevy engine. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the dream was that there were going to be four or five of them, and Andretti was going to one of the drivers and everybody else. It ended up, Vic Elford was the driver. And if you ever talk to Vic, um, and please say a prayer for Vic. He's having a tough time right now. He's fighting cancer. He he wouldn't want to get in that car again. It was it was it was lethal. I, it's it's just absolutely mind blowing. I remember I interviewed Brian Redman, and he said when Joe Seifert got killed, his and they were really good friends. Um, he just said that was kind of like it that 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 did it for him. When we interviewed Sam Posey, and again, I got to thank you because most of these legendary race car drivers I met at Amelia had the opportunity to do a meet and greet, and I was later able to get them on the radio show. So I had some fantastic interviews and fantastic, you know, just times just going to, to, to Amelia, meeting all these amazing people. And again, that's really because it was your network. But well, Sam, the, the thing is that we realized was uh, people are the strong factor in. It. Cars were interesting, and the cars were kind of a binder to put it together. But really, it was about people. Real. Yeah. When I interviewed Sam Posey, I asked Sam Posey. Pardon me. You could come into Amelia and walk down there, and you'd see Johnny Rutherford. Yes. You'd see uh, Sam Posey. Yep. You'd see uh, Brian Redman, David Hobbs, uh, uh, Derek Bell, uh, Petty. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. And uh, that's what it was about. It was about these people who who made uh, racing what it is today. I mean, um, I, I've I've lost a little interest in racing. It just it seems to have uh, lost its personality in some cases, don't you think? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I still go to vintage races every once in a while because it still f- seems real, and I can identify with it, and that's why I go. But the new racing, it's uh, like you, to coin your phrase one time, everything's getting corporate. Yes. And, uh, and, 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 and sterile in a way, you know. So it's, and, you know, I don't know. 
But where I was going with this one little interview with uh, with with Sam Posey, I asked Sam Posey, I said, "What goes through your mind in the morning of the race?" And he says, "I stand there, I look in the mirror, and I wonder if I'll ever brush my teeth again." Now you got to think about that for a second. You know, if you're a race car driver and you're getting into a car and you have a family, and that's in, and that's in the back of your mind, but you are so committed to racing, nothing else matters. And he says, yeah. once you get in the race car and you're strapped in, it's all over. It's game on. Yeah, that's what uh, Brian Redmond used to say that after a race, if he, you know, if he survived it, the grass was greener, the sky was bluer. You know, um, last week. I, it's funny, I, I was never in that league. You know, I, I raced showroom stock and, and Camaros. I, I did one IMSA GT race and I ran a lot of a lot of vintage races, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, it was um, not in their league, but I still, I, I just never lost sleep over it. I don't know why. Maybe I was just stupid. Well, no, I mean, I used to club race a little bit, and then uh, and I did one vintage race uh, with a friend of mine, and I was out there, and he said he told me to push it, and I said, it's not my car. I'll do the best I can. I'll be as consistent as I can, and I'll be easy on the car so you can get back in and finish your race, and needless to say, shortly thereafter, he goes and dumps it upside down, gets tangled up with a 356 and the carousel, and winds up skidding on his uh, helmet, basically. And I said, you know, I'm never getting in an open car again. Now, and, the quality of vintage race driving is, 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 is varied. you got some very, very good drivers out there, and you got some that have no concept of what's going on. They probably have the the race course drawn in a pattern on their dashboards. So they know where they're going. <laughs> and I've, I've seen them all. I had a guy come up to me at Lime Rock this year, and I was a little rusty. I hadn't been in a car in about 18 months. I'm no spring chicken. And the guy had some 67 Corvette with some honker engine. It must have had 700 horsepower, which they never made. And he came up to me during practice and says, uh, Hey, fellow, he says, I'm a little faster, and I uh, wish you'd watch your mirrors. I'm going, holy cow, I was... I was racing when this kid's in diapers. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I was right, but uh, <coughs> racing is supposed to be about the car, not about the driver. And they've lost that perspective. So I have a little problem with it. Um, well, Joe Penn... take a really great car to a vintage race. We, we bought a Pontiac Trans Am car off of it, bring a trailer that we drive. We got no money in it. It's built like a tank. Joe Pendergast said at the beginning of many of the driver's meetings, he says, gentlemen, history has been made. We already know who won. We know which cars won. We know which drivers run. You go out there, and I want to see you guys swap and paint. Basically, you know, drive respectable. Of course, you hear the cackling in the background. So how are you going to tell a competitive race car driver to, to kind of back off? You know, they, they don't. They don't. But his, his point was is that, you know, go out there with some respect, you know. And, uh, and, you know, as well as I know, is there a lot of guys out there were cheater cars, you know, and, and, they, and they took it serious. And they thought they were racing. That was the and, – and they make it competitive. And they give away awards. So, you know, it, that, that drive and that passion to win is, is there. It's in, it gets in your blood. And when you're behind the wheel of the car and you're strapped in, that's your mindset. And I get it. You know, I've been there myself. I tell if that's your criteria, then you should go to a – SCCA club racing and, you know, uh, go for the trophies and do what you want to do in, in club racing, but don't do it in vintage. No, and I agree with you there, you know, because a lot of people have some pretty rare cars and they don't want to get them boogered up necessarily. So, 
Well, that's why a lot of them aren't coming out now. You know, you, you'll see them maybe at uh, Monterey mm-hmm. or Lime Rock, but you won't you won't see them too many places else to the to the too many places else because it's uh, it's too risky. Right. Well, you know, when well, who was it? John Morton got T-bone in the scarab, one of three scarabs, a few years back. And uh, a couple guys messed up uh, some some pretty significant Ferraris and Porsches over the years. So you know, I get it. Monterey, uh, uh, John had some brake problems, and he came. I was uh, I was at the top of the hill when that happened. I got a whole photo sequence of it. Oh, really? And, uh, he got a little bit behind it, his braking, and some guy with a big honking Lister Corvette pumping out about seven or eight hundred horsepower with a a NASCAR a Childress engine or something like that bounced it off the wall, came back across and hit John right in the door. Right. And the car went end over end over end and ended up on the roll bar. The roll bar had pinned over and pinned the door closed. And it was minutes before they got to him. If they'd had a fire, it'd have been a bad deal. He was lucky. He was very lucky. Yeah, he was. Last year we had, or last week we had uh, Ed Iskandarian on. I had Ed on my show ten years ago. And he just turned 100, and I just thought, how cool was that? And he was pretty sharp and pretty witty. We had a good time last week. Yeah, he you know, he goes to the office every day at 100 years old. Yeah, and still eats spicy foods. The last time I saw him, he was, he was still smoking cigars. <laughs> he says he doesn't inhale. He just said he puffs on them. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, I had lunch with him probably 15 years ago. Uh-huh. He was after the pack. That's amazing. My hat's off to guys like that. That's a true inspiration for all of us, really. Oh, yeah. Bill, out of, is there a, Go ahead. I mean, the, the fact that he's as active as he is. Well, yeah, and he still goes to car shows. He was telling me he was at the Grand National Roaster Show and a couple other places. Because I was trying to find this old guy that I met many years ago up in Santa Rosa. His name was Kent Filler. Remember? Kent Fuller built racing chassis, drag chassis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I misplaced his number because I want to get you know I always want to get the older guys the legends on there and I I spent some time with Kent and I I kind of knew who he was but I didn't really know who he was he was in this itty bitty little old beat up little shop sitting there in the back of some industrial complex up there in Santa Rosa and he had his big old wore out tore up lawn chair and a lounge chair in the middle and he would sit in there and then he pulled out his portfolio but I noticed all the pictures on the wall and then I said oh you're that Kent Fuller. The Greer Black Perdome Dragster Fuller Builder and Tommy Ivo guy. And uh, pretty fascinating guy, really. And he was sharp as a tack, too. And he was pushing close to late 80s. Well, you know, um, uh, Alex Zidius, who started SoCal, will be 100 this year. That's true. Yes, he will, too. Must be something about hot rodding that is good for longevity. Well, then you need to get in that hot rod. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, out of all the shows, all the people you've met, is there anybody that you wanted to get to the event that you that you kind of did never really you, you weren't able to? Mario Andretti. Really? I talked to him several times, and he said he'd give me one day, but not three days. I said I can't do what I do in just one day. Uh, he's very kind about it, and he did the forward one of the uh, liner notes of my book. He's a very nice guy, but he's um, he just didn't want to do three days. Well, he has a home in Florida. I didn't know that. I know he's got one in Pennsylvania. He's got a, a, a winery in California. Yeah, because I think it's the PR lady I talked to said he had a home 
supposedly in Pinellas County someplace on the water. So I don't know. Um, who else besides Mario? Um, I would have liked to have A.J. Poit, but he's very difficult. Really? You know, he was supposed to be the honoree at Daytona one year. Yeah. And he backed that last month. And he was supposed to be the honoree at Sebring one year. He didn't show. Yeah. Is that kind of a Texas thing? Maybe he, he, he ran his tractor over a, uh, a, a beehive and got stung. Uh, I was with Hurley that night. Hurley said, that's the first time I've heard that. So um, I, I think that they, at a certain point in life, they just say, you know, what do I need? I, I don't need. I don't need this. The, the life is complete. And maybe that's it. I, I would have liked to have had Mario. I could have done a really nice job uh, telling Mario's story. I'm. I'm kind of sorry that it didn't come about. And Jackie Stewart. I was Jack- working on Jackie Stewart, and that that was going to happen at the time. Yeah, because he's always at a Monterey. Jackie is um, part of the role. Yeah, he's always part of that. The, the Rolex thing. Rolex. Bill on that. You know, everything comes with a price, by the way, Robert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you had to sit there and say, of all the 26 years, do you have a particular year, a pinnacle year, that stands out? That like was like, wow, this was just the wow year. What would that... Yeah, Roger, what? Roger Pinsky year. Roger Pinsky? That was two years ago. Yeah, he's, he's my hero. I mean, that guy... He, 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 the captain. By the way, the, the captain's uh, 80, I think 85th birthday is February 20th this weekend. Is it really? Well, oh. It really is. He is a gentleman of the first order, a businessman of the first order. He, uh, he's a, a man that takes responsibility. Remember when they didn't qualify for the Indy 500 one year? And it'd be easier to point to the chassis builder or the engine builder or the driver, but now he says the buck stops here. We're going to come back. We're going to be better, which he did. You know, we always had this joke. Uh, well, I won't say it's a joke, but it was always a thing that my son and I used to say. You know, you got to be Penske perfect because you know it's even like you know. I and and I had the for- good fortune to interview Carol Shelby and and you know Dan Gurney, a number of these guys, and and you know Pete Brock, and it was all about. You know, they always said, and, and, and Penske, when I, I actually had the opportunity to interview him at the St. Pete Grand Prix a number of years ago in his motorhome, his business coach, and we sat there, and uh, it's, they all say, it's the people I surround myself with. It's the, it's the team effort. And that's what I would truly respect about guys like that, even though it's, it's, he's the captain, he's Roger Penske, but he knows that it takes a team to make the whole thing work. I know he always surrounds himself with good people, but by the same token, you have to have a superb leader like he is. That's true. To uh, uh, to inspire people, everybody. You know, when we did uh, when we honored Roger Pinsky, we had two two seminars: one of uh, the early years and one the later years. You know, with with the team from the '60s with uh, Woody Woodard and Jay Signore and, and that crowd, and uh, then we had the, the modern day years with Rusty Wallace and Rick Mears. And every one of those people, uh, people are, are will say nothing but the great about how their years at Penske were. Um, he uh, he inspires you to sell. And he he once made one statement to me. I love. I said, "What is? What do you look for in a driver?" He says, "I don't look for a driver. I look for a winner." 
said, yeah, that's different. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Who's a runner-up to Roger Penske? 25 others. (laughs) Actually, actually, uh, Sterling Moss, uh, Uh uh, Dan Gurney, Brian Redmond, uh, I can go on, Uh, Johnny Rutherford for the food, Derek Bell. um, He's a gentleman. I really, truly enjoy talking to Derek. Derek's a swell guy. Emerson Fittipaldi, you know, I, I had a battle. I had a real bad battle with cancer. I mean, it, it, it was just a matter of whether I was going to survive or not. And I, I had a friend. I had just gotten out of the hospital. I lost about 65 pounds. I went down to Ocala to meet with uh, Emerson Fittipaldi. His son was driving in the heart races. And uh, we'd, we'd never met. We'd talked on the phone. When I got there, he looked at me and he, he says, one thing will get you through this. Or two things will get you through this. He pointed to his heart, and he pointed to the sky. He says, the Lord will get you to his very religious guy. And he was right. He says, I, I, I said, I, I, I thank the Lord today that I'm still around. Well, Bill, we all thank the Lord that you're here, and we're glad that you're here, and we want to thank you for doing everything you did and, and, and putting together Amelia Island, which is just a, just an outstanding event you know, for all these years, and I hope it continues. I really, truly do. Thank you, Robert. And uh, now that I'm gainfully unemployed, come see me. I'm, I'm I'm working on my ultimate man cave right now. Okay, I'll have to do that. Well, Bill, we're up against the clock. And again, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here. I will see you in a couple weeks up there in uh, Jacksonville or up in Amelia Island. So uh, we'll hang out and we'll shoot the, shoot the breeze a little bit. Thank you. I have plenty of time. <laughs> okay, thank you. I want to thank my Bye-bye. special friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My special guest, my special friend, Bill Warner founder of the Amelia Island Concourse, for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget, in three weeks, Amelia Island. And i, I got to tell you guys, it is probably... Bobby, you've been there how many times with me? We've been going there on and off for 20 years. It is Several. It's Yeah, it's just a, just an amazing event. It's just so... It's right there. Everything's there. You know, you just walk out of the hotel, you walk down mm-hmm. the show field, walk across the street, you know, just uh, grab a, a, a shuttle, whatever, you know, no parking issues. I mean, it's really just a lot. Of, I mean, I just, you know, we forgot to give a big shout out to our friend uh, um, Alan Galbraith because he's doing the uh, Lemons, the Lemons thing or the Concourse de Lemons. Concourse de Lemons. Yeah, that'll be up there, which is which is a lot of fun. Wayne Carini will be running around there. Who's no telling what Wayne will bring, you know, because he always comes up with something corny. And uh, but you know that's that's going to be a, a, a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to it. And again, guys, don't forget this weekend the Vinny Truck Show up in uh, Leesburg, Florida. Tell all your friends, bring your kids, trucks, fire trucks, big semis, tractors, all kinds of cool stuff. It's a lot of fun. The Boca Concourse coming up, the St. Pete Grand Prix, and then of course we've got NASCAR this weekend. <laughs> anyway, hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't forget every Tuesday night here between ten, or no, between seven and eight p.m. on the Tantalk Radio. Ten thing, I don't mind. know. I have no idea. But anyway, you know, for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports, yeah, just car guy stuff. You know, hey, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family.
WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.